0: Welcome back to the Project 24 YouTube podcast. This is episode 37. Well, I hate to break it to you, but I am, again, not Nate and howdy uh, (laughs)
1: howdy everybody
0: (laughs) oh yes should we pretend i'm
1: nathan (laughs) close right i'm close
0: close. yeah uh so yes it's nathan and i today um i'm anna by the way i came over from the blogging podcast and uh nate is actually at vidcon right yeah pretty cool so that's exciting um he's gonna have a lot of stories to tell when he comes back but He's he's a little bit busy right now.
1: Yeah, we decided to take over for yeah. him. We hijacked the podcast.
0: Yes. YouTube podcast That's takeover. Right. <laughs> so all right. So we're gonna do a couple questions and then we're gonna do a little fun discussion. So let's start with the first one. It is from Alan Crookman, and he says, Just curious now that I'm thirty plus videos in, I've had a handful of videos that are Older and seemed like they were total bombs suddenly get a bunch of views out of nowhere. Some of them continue to get views while others do for a day or two and then fizzle out. Does YouTube keep doing this kind of testing perpetually or does the algorithm eventually nail down your audience profile and start really getting your videos out there?
1: Yeah, this is a really good question. Um, Anna and I discussed this Mm -hmm. one a little bit before the podcast uh, to kind of see what our ideas were. And we kind of came to the general consensus that yes, we think that YouTube must still be testing, at least to some extent, um, because the video kind of resurfaced. And I imagine that would be due to YouTube, the algorithm popping it up again, Um, unless lots and lots of people dug way, way, way down Mm -hmm. into search or something like that to find your video. which is probably unlikely. Yeah. Um, it would be more likely that YouTube, you know, was doing some additional testing to it. So I would say, yes, YouTube, I imagine that YouTube is always testing videos. Um, yep. And so I don't really have much of more of an in-depth answer than that, but I would say yes, I would, I would say yes.
0: Yeah. I mean, just the fact that it kind of popped back up and now you're getting some more views. I mean, you, the YouTube algorithm is in charge of that. So they must be testing it. And And then it's possible that you've added some more videos since those are those videos have been published and now YouTube is getting a better idea of who yeah. your audience is. And so they're they're testing it and pushing it out to those types of audiences. And if it's anything like Google, which Google owns YouTube, uh, Google's always testing, and of course we know that the rankings are never set in stone. So Right. Yes, that, that will be our answer for yeah. that. Congratulations, by the way. Okay, so uh, next question. This member says I have some ideas I'm really excited about for a wagon wheel series. I don't have anything to sell yet, so I'm just going to try to use this method for audience building. Do I post the center of the wagon wheel first? Should I make plans for all of the videos to come? I'd really just like a bit more information on how to put this method into action. Does anyone have any examples of how you've used this? If I come up with something to sell in the future, should I remake the center wagon wheel video?
1: I love the wagon wheel strategy. Uh, this is something that um, we implemented and kind of first started teaching a couple years ago now, and we saw some phenomenal success. And we've continued to see some great success using this strategy uh, because, you know, the the whole idea, especially with YouTube, is. Looping somebody in getting them to watch a string of videos, Um, you know, it's watch time time on platform It just fulfills all of those requirements But with the wagon wheel strategy, you keep YouTube happy. And especially once you have a product or a service to offer, um, YouTube still gets their watch time. They still get the users uh, to watch multiple videos, but then you also gain the benefit of potentially having an additional offering that can benefit you. And you can do that without making the algorithm upset um, by asking people to leave the YouTube platform. So a couple things here that you asked. Um, is there a right way to do it? Whether you publish the hub first or the spokes first, um, you can actually do it both ways. Uh, we've done it both ways before where we publish kind of the overarching main video, um, kind of a roundup type video. And then we um, then go and publish the spokes after that. Um, that's worked just fine. Um, and we've also done it where we have published the spokes first and we, Uh, make each spoke video we publish them just one at a time and then we reference either other spoke videos for them to go watch or um, also we'd want to proactively put the call to action to go watch the hub video even if it's not published yet and I know that feels a little bit weird uh, to ask someone to go watch a video that doesn't exist yet but the reality is um, as long as you get the hub video up fairly soon or other spokes up fairly soon um, it's not too big of a deal Um, You don't want to wait too long. I think that would become problematic if your call to action was to a video that doesn't exist ongoing um, for a long time. That would be a little bit weird for the audience. But um, I think that both ways have worked. We've seen it be successful both ways.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And um, an example of this, of course, we've had our own examples in the past of uh, YouTube channels Mm -hmm. we've used. Uh, With this method, but um, naturally Carly is a uh, member that we've talked about before who uh, she actually attributes uh, that her some of her success and growing faster on YouTube to this method. Um, she has a youtube channel about nutrition and weight loss Um, so if you go check her out and you subscribe just make sure that you are really interested in those topics so we don't get any artificial Mm -hmm. you know um, subscribers basically but uh, yeah she's used this method as far as um, talking about weight loss doing the bigger hub video and then those smaller spoke videos and it really gets the audience kind of hooked on your videos, especially if they're really invested in that topic and they're really doing a ton of research before they they dive into this type of thing. Hers, for example, is all about um, whole food plant-based and then salt and oil and sugar-free. So obviously people who are going to do this type of diet, they want to know a lot about it before they dive in. Yeah, So they're willing to spend the time Consuming that type of content.
1: Yeah, another example that I have is actually on the Income School YouTube mm-hmm. channel. Um, we have a series of videos talking about the perfect blog post. Um, we have one, the perfect blog post to write in one hour, um, perfect blog post for 10x more traffic, perfect blog post to make more money, perfect blog post uh, using quick research methods. Um, and all of these different videos. I'll talk about different elements of post writing. And then on the Income School YouTube channel, we have a couple large webinar style videos that talk about post writing because that's part of what we teach uh, for the blogging system. But we also um, include other things in that large hub video, including a call to action for Project 24. And so people who are looking to write a post or learning how to write a post, they're going to want to probably view more than one of these perfect blog post videos um, and then after watching a few they very well could be interested in understanding more about the complete system that we use which is project 24 and so it's kind of this natural progression um, and it works really well mm-hmm. so that's another good example if you want to go look at these videos you can go to the income school channel and then just do a channel search for blog post and it'll pull up some of these videos you can kind of see how we did it
0: yeah awesome Awesome method. All right. So the next one is just kind of a discussion. It's a post from Brian D in the community, and he's actually really kind of responding to the latest YouTube podcast where there is a mention of building a group of people to help uh, get valuable feedback on your channel. And so he says, I fully acknowledge that many of you are not in the place to start paying consultants or hiring someone with specific skills to help you but there are other ways to do this as well, and so he's using his own experience um, to explain some different ways that you can do this before you're really in that place to invest um, in, like in an editor or um, you know just other people to help you out with your business. So we're gonna just talk through some of these, and um, thank you, Brian. D, yeah. By the way, for posting this, it's always very helpful in the community. So the first thing he says is asking family and friends. During the beginning, I asked my wife to give me specific feedback on videos. I didn't say, watch this and tell me what you think, but with one specific goal... Tell me when you get bored. If you give a broad request, you give a broad answer, but a targeted question allows someone to narrow in and pay attention with more understanding. Ask a trusted person who won't hold back judgment or give you a filtered answer when asked.
1: Okay, I really like this one. I have a couple family members Mm -hmm. and friends who are doing YouTube channels, and this is something that we, whenever I talk to them, this is something that comes up quite a bit, you know, Channel feedback. What can I do better? What mm-hmm. you know? What's worse? Um, and really, I love what you said about the really specific question. You know, and the example you gave is: tell me when the the minute you feel bored. I really love that because just saying, "Hey, can you watch my video and tell me what you think?" It's like about what, mm-hmm. about the topic, about the project you're working on, about you know, like do I think your jokes are funny that you tell in the video? Like, what do you want to know about the video? Uh, because as a family member or friend, of course, I'll probably originally want to err on, I don't want to hurt your feelings. No. Uh, when in reality, you just want a really good answer as to what a real viewer on my channel is going to think about this video. Mm-hmm. And the reality is, a real, cha- a real channel viewer is going to tell you when they're bored. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're going to say, or they'll just tell you by clicking off the video. Right. And so I really, really like that. Ask for specific feedback in the video. Do you think that the length is too long? Is it too short? Uh, does it feel too scripted? Am I looking at the camera enough? You know, um, What do you think about the editing style? Should I do more cuts? Should I do less cuts? Like, Ask one or two of these questions and then have them watch a video or a clip of your video um, so that you can get that feedback.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I love that. We talk a lot about that here at Project 24, just kind of focusing on one thing at a time. Focus on improving one thing yes. at a time Because then you're going to get a lot farther than if you were to be focusing on all these different areas. Um, I think we've even had exercises where, you know, Nate tells you, okay, go back and record that video again and just focus on that one thing, improving that one thing. Um, So I do really like that. And then it's also very nice for the person helping you out because like you said, they don't really know what you're Mm -hmm. looking for and they don't want to hurt your feelings. But if you ask them specifically, like tell me where you think you would want to click off this video and why that's very easy for that person to explain. All right. I like that one. So the next one is join accountability groups. So he says every Saturday morning, I have my weekly zoom meetings with my YouTube work group, with my fellow Project 24 members. During these meetings, we discuss tactics, direction, and provide feedback on videos. Since all of us have different technical backgrounds, life experiences, and different channel topics, we're able to analyze something from different viewpoints, and it proves to be very helpful and motivating. Income school does have a limit to a group size, a 10, I think, but it is worth to keep each other going and learning.
1: One of the smartest things you mm-hmm. can do here... Um, is meet with people who are essentially in the same boat as you. Um, Someone who can hold you accountable, people you can bounce ideas off of. This is probably the one place where we've seen people just explode with Mm -hmm. success is when you consistently meet with an accountability group and you actually hold each other accountable. Um, just a couple months ago, two months ago, I went to a conference um, that really started out as an accountability group mm-hmm. a couple years ago um, where a group of people in the very a very similar situation met together talking about their businesses. Um, and fast forward two years um now it's like this little conference they hold annually um, where they kind of update each other. And of course they keep in contact with each other throughout the year and keep each other accountable. But these people have been incredibly successful. And we've seen that um, with a number of accountability groups. Now every accountability group's not going to hold the test of time. Um, but what you can do is keep joining them until you find one that really sticks. And so I love this. I love this idea um, because it, It takes um, consistency, Mm -hmm. uh, which is, I think, one of the most important factors in this whole thing. Consistency, whether it's publishing, whether it's video ideas, idea generation, um, you know, this is this is I don't know. This is one of my favorites. I don't know about you, Anna.
0: Oh, yeah, absolutely. And, you know, whether it's a obviously an online accountability group is very convenient, um, but even an in-person accountability group or like, you know, those masterminds. Um, Of course, we have our own online masterminds that keep people accountable. I see the same people over and over again attending. And, um, you know, people like Carly, naturally, Carly, uh, Fawn in the community, you know, say like having those accountability groups and being a part of um, a group with other Project 24 members or, you know, just other like-minded individuals has helped them Um, progress so much faster because they're getting that specific feedback and so it can be a little bit intimidating at first to put yourself out there and especially put your content out there for feedback or critique but um, it's only to help you in the long run and um, you are going to progress a lot faster if you do become part of some sort of accountability group okay so the next one is well, utilizing the Project Twenty Four community. So he says, I see many people on here asking to roast videos, but I want to ask for a step up, just one more level. Pick a specific aspect of your video to analyze and let it let us pick it apart. Not everyone has the time or the energy to pick apart the entire video, and if it's over five minutes long, it gets harder to get a complete analysis of the video. So pick just one aspect that you want to improve intros engagement tone on screen visuals thumbnail etc and dig into that have a targeted feedback request with a smaller chunk seems to have a higher chance for feedback you can also add feel free to roast the whole video if you have time in there for the crazies like me who can't (laughs) sleep seriously it's getting really bad yeah we see you in the community a lot brian very helpful again but yeah I love this. Mm -hmm. Um, Again, this is great. And I do see in the community that people who ask for really specific feedback and drill it down and keep it somewhat, the post somewhat short in the community are more apt to get more um, helpful responses.
1: This is something that I love to see. Um, Sometimes people who ask for feedback aren't ready to get it. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, and I see, I've see, i seen that quite a few times. I know um, that it ha- it hurts. Sometimes feedback mm-hmm. hurts. Um, but you have to remember that without it, mm-hmm. you're going to have a hard time growing. And I would say another really important aspect to this is you need to remember that most likely anyone who c- takes the time to watch your video and to comment for you, they're probably not trying to attack you. Mm-mm. Um most of Most of the time they're tr- probably trying to be helpful, even if it sounds a little harsh. You need to remember that people in the project twenty four community are joining from all over the world mm-hmm. um and there are some very large communication differences yes. based on where you are located in the world. Yeah. Um, I spent quite a bit of time overseas a couple years ago, and the specific place I was in, it was very okay and very common for people to come up to me and say, wow, you're fat. (laughs) And I couldn't believe it. I was like, wow, that is so rude. Yeah. But it took some time to realize after spending a couple years there that it wasn't that they were trying to be rude, they were just being honest. And it's like, you know what? yeah, compared to you, I am bigger than you. So it wasn't it wasn't meant to hurt my feelings. They yeah. were just saying it like it was. Yeah. Um, and it did hurt my feelings in the beginning until I realized that it wasn't meant to be that way. So take that into consideration. When you ask for feedback, sometimes people will sound and their communication style sounds harsh. Mm-hmm. Um, most likely it's not meant to be harsh. And if it is, Just try and pick out the valuable pieces of information or feedback that they give you and just let it go. Um, Because arguing or bickering with somebody else about uh, some random thing is just not going to help move you forward. Yeah,
0: And I will add to that and say, I've heard that the U.S. tends to sugarcoat things. Mm -hmm. And so if you're in the U.S., you're kind of used to that. People being very polite right um, and maybe not expressing Mm -hmm. the entire Mm -hmm. um, truth. They want to sugarcoat it. So yeah, you're like different cultures. It can seem a Mm -hmm. little blunt, yeah, but that's just the way they are. They're just being truthful. Right.
1: And I would say that if you are someone who happens to be rather blunt, try to be nice or at least let them know, say, Hey, I'm kind of blunt. I'm not meaning to be rude. This is purely just the feedback the way I see it. I'm not trying to hurt your feelings. I think I've seen Brian do that in the community. (laughs) And (laughs) I think it's a really smart thing to do because If you are that type of person, just let people know what they're in for. Um, you know, they did post themselves up there vulnerably. Mm-hmm. And so if you can try to be nice about it, but still yeah. be straightforward, then do it that way.
0: Yeah. And I think everyone's intentions are yes. right. Yes. And not coming from a bad place. Yes. Um, so it's important to remember. So yeah, I,
1: lo- I love this point.
0: Yeah. Um, so he does say, a word of warning, I am a strong believer in learning these skills yourself to the point of understanding what is good and what is bad. If you don't know how it should be done how can you find someone capable of helping you before picking my video editor i've accepted 30 applications on upwork only to find four to be qualified and picked one of them who is now on a trial run i asked preliminary questions like are you interested in the topics covered on the channel and what would you do to improve the channel i did this to sniff out the bs and get a glimpse of what kind of videos they have made in the past
1: good idea here you know if you are working with other people, um, that vetting process is really important. Um, getting ideas from people who are less invested in your channel than you are um, can be scary. Um, But it sounds like in this example, I I really like what you talked about, you know, asking all these questions, doing some trial runs, that sort of thing. That'll really give you an idea of what type of work you're going to get. And you might find someone who actually is really invested Mm -hmm. and that can be super valuable.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So he does say at the end, just to be clear, I'm still learning as I go and everything I wrote on here is just a reflection If my current experiences of my current experiences and opinions, I expect many of them to change and evolve over time. As I learn from my successes and failures, good luck out there.
1: Yeah. And I just want to say thanks again, Brian, for this post. Uh, this is a really great conversation to have um, because a lot of people are going, you know, whether you're on day one of your channel or you're on year four or year five, um, you can always apply these things ask your family, ask your friends, talk to a a coworker, talk to, you know, someone in a mastermind group, someone in the community, all of these things are applicable no matter what stage of the journey you're at. I don't care if you have a million subscribers, there are still things you can learn, or maybe some things you need to relearn that you've forgotten or that weren't as applicable to you when your channel was smaller, um, that maybe someone else will be able to help you with or give you some ideas about. So never be afraid to ask what you can do to do better. And I know most of us always do, especially those of us who tend to be um, interested in entrepreneurial things. Uh, We always are asking those questions, but don't be afraid to ask them no matter where you're at.
0: Yes, absolutely. And, you know, even those bigger channels, if you're not, if you're not growing and you're stagnant, you know, that's a problem. Mm -hmm. You should always be growing and improving, even if you're amazingly successful and you have a million subscribers. All right, well, we hope that you enjoyed that and uh, promise Nate, we'll be back next time. (laughs) Don't tell
1: him we took over the podcast. (laughs) Don't tell him, Uh, just (laughs) kidding.
0: Uh, But thank you so much for listening to the Project 24 YouTube podcast and have a great day.